Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. Amen. Amen. Um, Well, I want to start with just Psalm 24. You know, Psalm 24, pretty famous psalm. It's like, who can ascend this hill? And then there's like hard requirements. It's like clean hands, pure heart, doesn't lift their soul to an idol, doesn't swear deceitfully. And these are hard requirements. But then the answer to who meets them is such a weird thing. So I want us to look really quick at Psalm 24, verse 6. Because like it's this hard requirements and then there's this phrase that comes after that. Psalm 24, verse 6. It's all about trying to get up a hill. You've got to have really clean hands, a really pure heart. And then it says in Psalm 24, verse 6, this is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Wait, Jacob? The guy doesn't have clean hands. The guy has hands that are pretending to be like his brother's. They are not clean at all. (laughs) Pure heart? I don't know if that was very pure. He's trying to get his brother's inheritance. Not very pure at all. Who doesn't swear deceitfully. Um, his name is Deceiver. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it totally switches. It's no longer trying to get up a hill. It's about God coming down. It's no longer about human using their own strength to get up. It's about the God of all glory coming down. What? Yes. And he said he doesn't use Israel, the redeemed one. He uses Jacob. Jacob, who cannot qualify, who will not qualify in his own merit. He uses him. And guess what? God has chosen this generation. This generation manipulative you know he was quite manipulative that guy and this generation could be considered manipulative he didn't like to work the guy liked he had very soft hands because he didn't like working (laughs) and God is going to use a like a very um what is the word um entitled generation one who is so distracted with so many images to be described as the people who seek his face god is going to use this generation and guess what he's going to get all the glory for it because it was not by our own strength. It was not by our own wisdom. It was not by our own riches. It was God having mercy. And I love the scripture that describes like, I love that, he's a preacher. (laughs) Wow, it's like back and forth right now. 
1 Corinthians 1. You know, it's a famous scripture. He has chosen the weak things. He's chosen, because he goes, the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world which we despise. And why does he do that? Because he wants all the glory. And at the very end it says that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So 20 years ago, (laughs) I had this dream. I was at a Nazareth gathering It was right after a call, and it was the call New York. It was 95 degrees at the call New York, and it was 95% humidity. So it was miserable, right? You know what literally, though, what's so fun about that weather is that you can drink all the water you want in the world, and you never have to go to the bathroom because it's just pouring out of you. It's just like, so literally, I stayed in the same position for 12 hours. I never left. I thought, if I seek shade, I will never come back. So then I was like, (laughs) I just stayed in it. But then right after that, there's a Nazarite gathering. So it's just like back to back. So second day of the Nazarite gathering, there's there's some fatigue right? (laughs) There's a major fatigue. So this is what God does. He comes. And when the glory of the Lord comes into a room, nobody has to tell you. That's the sign that the glory has come. When somebody has to tell you, it hasn't come. (laughs) Because the glory of the Lord is when God's insides are on the outside and nobody's telling anybody. (laughs) right? So his glory comes and everybody's on the ground. Nobody told anybody. We're just all on the ground. And while I'm on the ground, I feel like I'm in an elevator and I'm going up, 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 up. And the Lord said, this is the floor my people love to get off on. It's the floor of ministry. And that seems like a good thing. He said, oh, how I long for a people who want me for me. There's another floor to get up to, is what he was saying. So without a prompting, a pastor picks up the mic and says, who needs healing in the room? And immediately the glory lifts. And that's so crazy, right? You're just like, what? Doesn't he love to heal? Yes, he does. But he wants a people who wants him for him. And that's where we're, what we are being prepared for. That is where we are headed as a church to want him for him. So Lou gets up and he's like, because the glory lifts, and he's tired. He's like, let's just go home. Uh. (laughs) And then he's like, I just, I pray for dreams, God. Encounter them in their dreams, you know, and that's it. So then I'm given a dream that night, and in the dream, Lou is typing a letter on a typewriter, and this is 2002, this is before typewriters become cool again, but he's like typing a a letter on his typewriter, and he's typing it to his seven-year-old daughter, Gloria, and he said, last night I visited a city called Glory, but you will live there. Okay, when he, <laughs> now Lou loved this dream so much, he began to tell it all the time and say it was his dream. And then, which is great, I don't mind that at all. But he then said, I live in a city called Glory, and you're going to live with me. You know, but it wasn't that. It was that that generation visited 
but the generation that is coming will live. They're going to be entrusted with leadership that's once God for God. Now, he, she's 28 years old. So I've been on this kind of trajectory for three years. That's what I'm, I, I'm, I started last year, and I'm going to keep going until she turns 30. <laughs> no, but I just feel this, this like, oh, like it's coming. And Asbury was a taste, but it was just a taste because we're not ready. We don't know how to keep all eyes on Jesus. We go straight to ministry. And what we're headed, all eyes on Jesus. He will minister to everyone in the room. But he wants to take over the meeting and keep people captivated with his presence. And that they don't have to have their needs ministered to right away. Woo! <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited that it's coming, and I'm, I want to prepare for it. I need preparation for it because I want to immediately go to needs. I want to respond to the room, and he's like, no, I want to lead you by my face. This is the generation who seeks my face. King of glory, come in. <laughs> King of glory, come in. He's like, I want to lead you with my face, not with the needs of people. Amen. I know that sounds intense, but I promise you, God will heal every physical body in that room. He just knows how to do it. And he doesn't need anybody to have to be distracted with carrying the weight of being the power dispenser. <laughs> so what do we do to get ready? How do we want God for God? How do we get out of being a people that is so self-oriented? You know, many years ago, I was telling this at lunch, I think. The Lord said to me, Cheryl, oh, I, how I long for my people to be like the earth and only rotate around me. But most people are like the moon, and they're rotating around themselves while they rotate around me. Did you catch that? <laughs> the moon rotates around the earth. And he's like, I long for a people that want me for me. And so part of what I want to share is FaceTime. That's a very prominent word now in our culture because we know what it means, FaceTime. Because when you text someone, you don't always get what they're trying to say. When we just read the word, it's not enough. We need to look at the one who wrote it face to face and look at his face when we, after we read the word. <laughs> and I, he wants to lead us by his face. Now, read the word. But after reading the word, let's look at his face. Because what happens? When you text someone, you don't get everything. You know, you've had all those little, like, no, I didn't mean that at all. Da, 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 da. Have to call someone, right? Have to have FaceTime with someone. No, look at me. I promise. I really didn't mean that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> because even when you call someone and you start sharing, they still can't see your face. They say 80% of communication is nonverbal. Did you know that? I was a communication major. That's why I know it. <laughs> 80%. Wow. But 
But I'm going to tell you, husbands, wives, you know. You know. That look, you know what that look means. <laughs> you know what that other look means. You know what that other, other, other look means. You know all the looks. They just have to look at you and you know what they are saying. The children, they just look at you and you know what they are saying. You look at them and they know what you are saying. They try not to look at you when you're looking at them. <laughs> and so he's like, exactly, that's where we're going. You will look at my face and you will know exactly what I am saying. And you're like, how do I see the face of God? Right? Is that where we're headed? Okay, that's what we're going to go into. Amen. <laughs> Because God wants, it's interesting, there's a scripture when the priests were being, you know, uh, when they were blessing. He said, the Lord bless you, the ironic blessing, right? The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his shine upon you and give you grace. Lift up the light of his countenance and give you peace it was coming from his face the priestly blessing is to look at the face of God and that is where we receive grace and that is where we receive peace two very rare commodities in the earth if left to just receive it horizontally. People are filled with anxiety and filled with accusation. Whoa. Filled with criticism and filled with worry. And God's like, oh no, face. My face is going to supply what you need. And I, so this is Jesus, right? Jesus is like, and I love this because it kind of goes with what Mike was sharing. For those of you who were at the, the gathering, Jesus wants to tell his disciples some things that they're not getting. So he's like, hey, three, hey the three of you, come out. Let's go up this little mountain. And then he's like, what does he do? He shines his face like the sun. He prepares them by displaying the beauty of his face. And what is shining? Light. Just the light of his face. It's so interesting because he's like, even if you're not looking straight in my eyes, I just want you to experience light, like the sun. It's interesting. Jesus wants to say some hard things to the church. What does he do? He comes and his face is shining like the sun. He wants to say things they're not ready for. He wants to say things that maybe they, they don't know how to handle. And he's like, look at my face. So this isn't just like esoteric. It's like, no, no, no. This is for us to receive all that God wants to give. Do you catch that? It's interesting. His eyes are shining like fire in that one. But it's light. That is the object of what we are looking at, light, light. So it's not even like, let me close my eyes and I have to see a whole face. He's like, just if you gaze at light, but I want you to look. Because what we did when we trained the church is close your eyes and pray. We didn't say close your eyes and look. 
<laughs> did you ever think about that? We did not train people how to look, how to gaze. We trained people to just close their eyes. And he's like, no, 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 I want you to do the next step. Behold my beauty. When I said, come seek my face, my heart said, your face I will seek. Not your agenda I will seek. No, your face I will seek. Your face. We are these people. And he's like, yes, and this is what I want to bless you with. I want the light of my face to shine on you. I want my, the light of my countenance to shine upon you. And I want you to be the most gracious and peaceful people because you are receiving from my face. I love that. Okay, I'm just going to look at my notes real quick. <laughs> Shining like the sun. I just love that it's sun. I'm from California, but Texas, you experience a lot of sun. <laughs> you actually experienced more sun than we did. Isn't that crazy? You felt it. <laughs> I like that it's sun because you know what? When you experience the sun just as a human, you know what happens? Your blood pressure goes down. There are benefits of sun that are very helpful. People who do not live in sunny places need to experience it somehow, some way. Because blood pressure <clears throat> goes down. Our sense of well-being goes up. Isn't that interesting? Our inflammation of our bones goes down. When rays of sun hit our skin, immediately calcium starts to be produced. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So it actually strengthens our bones too. It causes the inflammation of muscles to go down, but our bones to be strengthened. Which I think all of those things, what I just said, inflammation going down. That has a spiritual application where we are inflamed, where we are offended, where we are experiencing all types of emotions. We hate our president, whatever that is. I'm teasing you, Texas. But um, <laughs> whatever that inflammation is, that neighbor is getting on our nerves. That boss is really affecting me. He's like, my face. My face. I'll supply grace. I'll supply peace. My face. Not my, not my podcast. I hit it again. Um, <laughs> but my face. And then he's like, and, and you know what else gets boosted by sun? Immunity. Our immunity. We have better resistance to things that would try to bring infection or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I want your immu immunity to be boosted. <laughs> and then he said, and I want your sense of well-being to be awesome. I really want that. It's good advertisement for me. <laughs> that you are secure means I'm a great husband. I'm a great dad. Insecure kids aren't good examples of parents. 
Insecure brides are not good examples of bridegrooms. And he's like, I want you to be the most secure bride, most secure son, because that is what I supply through my face. I just want you to remember, when you're four years old, your favorite phrase is, look at me. <laughs> it is. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. What is happening through the face of the father and mother? Security. Pleasure, delight, it's, it's coming from the face of that parent. That child feels secure, seen, known, and that's what God wants for us. I see you, and when I'm looking at you, I have joy. I have delight. I love that. <laughs> it's interesting, John the Baptist, when his dad tried to describe him, when he was just born, he described him. I, I don't want to miss this because I love this description. Let me look at it. Luke 1, verse 76. His father prophesied, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord. To prepare his way. You go before his face. And that helps prepare the way. I like that. Ones who go before his face is preparing the way for his glory to come. We are preparing the way. By seeking his face, we are being entrusted that his glory can come. And we will not maneuver it for other things we will want him for him oh I love that okay and I love wanting him for him what does that mean that who he is is our great reward who he is is what we're after not just what he does right that is the maturing of the church is that he's like who he is and he's preparing us by saying, go before my face. Don't just get information from this. Always draw this and then go to my face. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Back to sun. How do you get sun on you? You sit. You have to be in it. You can't have someone else do it for you. You can't say you did it and not do it. I mean, anyway, <laughs> you actually have to do it. And then to absorb it, it takes time. You need time to absorb. And I love that it's absorbing, meaning you're not there to get at the next revelation. You're just there to absorb him, to receive from his face, to experience his face. This is preparing the way. Because I'm telling you, when God's glory comes, the best sermons do not compete. There's just nothing that can be added. I believe people will speak in the midst of his glory. I really do believe that. But it won't be the main attraction. The glory of the Lord. They're like, that's nice, he's speaking. But that won't be why. <laughs> Or that's nice, she's speaking. But they will be being so touched by the Lord. 
I don't know how that's fully going to happen, but I do. I, I think what we do in this room will become the normal thing. We're, we're just facilitating, facilitating prayer and worship, and he will just be there. And then he will be sharing salvation. He'll be sharing healing. He'll be sharing all the things that everyone needs. And there'll be no pressure of, oh, what do we do? What do we do? Because we're so used to his face directing us. But we need time. So we sit and we absorb and we just receive from his face. Ooh, face to face. And then we, I like these phrases, lift up the light of your countenance. Rabbis were discussing this. How does God lift up his countenance? He's the most high God. How does he lift up? There's no one to lift up to. So they think that's weird. So they're discussing it. And immediately, a child that was here just moments ago, <laughs> no, but a little child runs up to, uh, to one of the rabbis, and it's his son. And he picks him up, and they realize what lifting the light of his countenance is. It's sharing his delight. <laughs> That's what it is. When God lifts up the light of his countenance upon us, he is giving us his delight in us. He paid a high price that no matter what our track record is, he could always give it to us. And he wants us to absorb it. To absorb it. Because he wants to fill our heart and our mind with peace. And you're like, but what's on his agenda? Give me your agenda, Jesus. He's like, I want you to want me for me. Just be, be for a while. Receive from my face. Receive from my face. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Love the feedback. Thank you. <laughs> because God knows that this certain season of history is one of the most anxious and stress-filled seasons of history. The church is as full of anxiety as anywhere else. And he's like, I want you to be my face people. I'm going to supply so much peace. I'm going to give you so much peace for my face. Let the light of my countenance, my delight in you, because the best thing is us looking at God, looking at us. Looking at God, looking at us. You know, Paul had something to say about that. He said it's like looking in a mirror. And he said, and as you behold me, you will be transformed from glory to glory. But how? By beholding him as in a mirror. And then he said, that's where glory is going to come upon you in greater ways, right? You're going to get used to glory. We don't just get used to glory by going to services. We get used to glory by being before his face. Yeah. Whew. 
This is going to happen, you guys. I just know that I know that I, when I saw Asbury, I'm like, game on. It's happening. It's going to happen. We just weren't fully ready for what it means. Because it does not mean more ministry. It means more gazing, more beholding, more inquiring of who he is, more ministry to Jesus. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's interesting, these phrases, grace and peace. Because remember, like to one of them, like first Peter or second Peter, he's talking to the diaspora of the Jewish people and he's like, they are so persecuted. And what do they need? Grace and peace be multiplied to you. And he's like, yeah, my face is going to be your supplier. I will not maybe change circumstances, but I will supply the grace and peace from my face. I want to be your source. And so it's interesting, Psalm 84, today's Rosh Hashanah. I'm probably not saying it right. But um, it's the beginning of the Jewish New Year, and it's something 84, 57, 84. I love Psalm 84, verse 11. The Lord is my son and my shield. He gives me grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from me. No good thing will he withhold from the upright. Right? And so he's like, I'm going to supply grace and peace as I am your son. The face shining like the sun. Preparing us even in the midst of all types of hard circumstances. I mean, I've given this example. I don't know if I've ever given this example to you. But when the storm was happening, Jesus knew. He's like, I drove you into this storm. I told you to get in the boat, and I knew what was ahead of us. And he drove them into the storm. And then they were freaking out because he was sleeping, right? And when they wake him up and said, do you not care we're going to die? That's what he, they say to him. Do you not care? Sounds, Martha said that too. But um, do you not care? And then he's like, oh, how long do I have to be with these people? Talk about some in interesting language to use to your disciples. <laughs> right? Oh, you of little faith. And what he's discussing is, <laughs> you want me to change circumstances so you will still be with me where I am. How I long for a people that doesn't require change circumstances in order for you to experience peace. You want peace because by me changing the circumstance. And he's like, no, I don't want to have to change circumstances in order for you to feel peace in the midst of this. I am with you right now. Do you catch that? This is what's coming from beholding his face. We need this like no other. If we just talk, 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 talk to God, and we do not, and I'm speaking to the prayer movement right now, just especially us in this room, like who do these things. He's like, oh, no, you got to look. You got to receive from my face. Because I want to give you peace in the midst of all things that you're walking through. Wow. Okay. 
It's interesting. This is where it's going to get real good. So I've left this to the end. <laughs> a, few, a few months ago, I, we were singing Psalm 96 in our prayer room. And it's interesting, Psalm 96 is, um, it's actually part of the song that was sung when the, when the tabernacle of David was dedicated. So whole, the whole Psalm 96 is in the song that was used to dedicate the tabernacle of David. And there's this phrase, it's in, the, it's in verse, um, verse 2, it's, it says, Proclaim the good news of his salvation day to day. I mean, it's a simple phrase, but when you sing sometimes, it's like, whoa, that word is so nice. I never, wow, that word is nice. I really love that word. So that was happening to me. Actually, we weren't even really focusing on proclaim, but we were singing something else, but still proclaim was just touching me in the midst of it. I was like, oh, I just love that word. That word's so nice. I just love it. <laughs> And so I'm like, I think I'll look it up. I'll look it up afterwards. What does it mean? So I look it up. The Hebrew word is basar. B-A-S-A-R in English, whatever, or in American, whatever, English, English, English letters. <laughs> basar, not bazaar or bizarre. And it means to be rosy, to be beautiful. What? Proclaim means to be rosy, to be beautiful. And he's like, yeah, it's on your face before it's out of your mouth. <laughs> it's on your face before it's out of your mouth. And guess what? It's the same phrase as the spirit of the Lord is upon me. To basar good news to the poor. <laughs> How beautiful are the feet of those who basar. <laughs> it's coming out of their face before it's coming out of their mouth. How did it get on their face? Because our face is reflecting what we're looking at. Our face is, is reflecting what we're gazing at. And he's like, I want my face shining out of your face. And the only way for my face to shine out of your face is for you to look at my face. Isn't that so good? This is what God wants for us. He wants our face proclaiming his good news. This is what happened to Moses. And we always think, wow. But he's like, no, that was on my face too, Cheryl. They knew what was coming because they looked at my face. Good news was coming because they looked at my face. I had been looking at my father. Remember when he prayed at the end, he said, Father, oh, I desire that they would behold me in my glory and that they would be with me where I am. He's like, yes. This is what I want from you. Because then what will come out of your face is my face. You will experience. <laughs> I had this experience where I was doing midnight to two and I was teaching elementary school in the day. That was hard, but it was really fun because you're kind of like, ooh, 
you know, you just don't have enough sleep and you're not like, woo, you know, it's like always a little like, whoa, you know. <laughs> and so this one teacher, I'm in the teacher's lounge, I'm about to eat lunch and she goes, every time I look at your face, I can barely look at you. And I go, why? And she goes, I don't know, I feel the presence of God on you. And she had been a, a believer, but she had been backslidden. And then I went to grab her, and she just started bawling. But she said it was from looking at my face. I had never said anything to her to say, like, oh, Jesus loves you or something. She just said, it's coming out of your face. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's so crazy. And I think it was a taste. I'm going to tell you one more. This is such a fun story. We had been in the prayer room for a few hours, and we went out. We were ministering to people just down the street. And we walk into a health clinic because God told us, go into that health clinic. And as soon as we walked in, this girl starts bawling her eyes out. And I said, no, 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 no. We're here to share the love of Jesus. And she goes, I know, I know. And I was like, what do you mean you know? And she said, I, I can see it. And then she said, I left Chile two years ago, meaning the country Chile. And when I left there, I left Jesus. And she says, I cannot believe he is coming right into this health clinic right now. And she literally starts repenting of all of her sin. She literally, I mean, she's repenting. And I make it into a, I do make it into a whole meeting. And I was like, because there were so many people in the health clinic. I was like, see what's happening to her? This is the love of Jesus. Who wants it? And they all, literally everyone raises their hand except the one woman who brought us in there, who we followed in there. And I looked at her and I go, you know what, it's okay. Because God already used you. You're the reason we're in here. You're a tool of his love. Anyway, it was such a fantastic thing. But <laughs> the reason I bring it up, though, is there was nothing said. It was just coming out out yeah, of us so good, what are we gazing at yeah. it's coming out of our face <laughs> and he's <laughs> is it the apple screen as we just type 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 no i'm just kidding i'm speaking to the prayer room people um <laughs> he's like i want my face to come out of your face and I want to give you grace and peace. And I want to prepare the way of my glory. I'm going to do a lot of things through this one experience. I'm preparing you to want me for me. Amen. I think we're there. I'm going to have us respond. I'm going to have us respond. Because I'm going to just have you stay in your seats for one moment. And we're just going to have the Lord come for just a moment. And then I'll have us stand. But I feel the Lord, he's so gracious. King of glory, I can't get up that hill, but he's coming down. And so he's so gracious. And he comes, and he comes, and he washes us. So we ask even now, would you come? And would you fill our eyes with light right now? Would you wash our eyes, the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our heart? Would you turn on the lights for some of us? We've closed our eyes and we talked to, we don't know. We're not looking. Would you turn on the lights? And I ask right now, 
God, where there's been other things that we've been really staring at, and you're just like, I'm coming. I'm going to just wash you. That does not keep you out of this. That's actually an invitation for me to prepare you to behold me. So, God, we ask that you would come right now. Yeah, fill. Fill them with fire. Whoa. Amen. I feel. <laughs> There's more coming, friend. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Fire. Yeah. Yeah. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit, and young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. I want to encounter you in your eye gaze. I want to encounter you. So we ask, Holy Spirit, and this doesn't leave out women. He says, yeah, all of you, men and women. So come, 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 come. Some of us are afraid to look because of all the images that we have inside of us. Whoa. And he's just is going to come and clear out with fire. He's, he's so easy, it's so easy for him. This is not hard. He doesn't have to scoop it out. He just comes with fire and he burns it out. So just burn it out. And I asked, yeah, he just joined me in that ministry. Father, out. <laughs> Burn it out. And I just asked that, Father, you would come oh, by your spirit, by your spirit. Yes. <laughs> it's not by might nor by power. It's by your spirit. Ooh. And you would prepare us to gaze upon you in new ways. Let us see your face. Let us see your face. You have ordained that this generation would behold your face. You're like, I've been alive for a long time. I did, I've not done this. Don't count yourself out. We'll start today. The light of your face. The light of your face. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.